Welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative, a podcast that challenges what it means to be a high performer. Here are your hosts, Lauren Williams and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, Akash Asif from the Center for Suicide Prevention joins us. We talk about the problem around men's suicide the Buddy Up campaign, and how to support your friends during this tough time. For more information on what they're doing, go to buddyup.ca and you can download the card and all the activities for Buddy Up campaign, which is really focused around how men can support men through their mental health challenges. Now, I have a few exciting announcements to make here today. So the first one is now I am certified to offer psychological safety assessments to teams and organizations. So if this is something that you're interested in, definitely hit me up. You can either reach out to me on LinkedIn, Rob Kalvaroski, or you can send me an email, rob at highperformancenarrative.com. Now you might be asking, what is psychological safety and why it's important? Well, Psych safety is one of the key indicators for a high-performance team. And what it really means is we are able to speak up and share ideas, our feelings, and ourselves without fear of retribution. So how does this play out in real life? Well, if we're working on a team and we want to be innovative, we want to do continuous improvement, a lot of that innovation process requires people to try new ideas, to throw out, hey, maybe we should try this. If we don't have psychological safety, people are going to hold back those ideas because they're afraid that they're going to be judged. They're afraid that they're going to get fired. They're afraid that they're going to not get the next promotion. All these things are what psychological safety does for us. So definitely, if you want to measure and open up the conversation for how you can become a high-performing team, whether that's at work, whether you're an athletic team, definitely reach out to me, rob at highperformancenarrative.com, and and we can talk about running a psychological safety assessment and then some coaching that would happen around that. And as always, so Lauren is a high-performance coach, and she offers one-on-one coaching that's going to help you become your highest-performing self. So if you want to know more about that, definitely shoot Lauren an email, lauren at highperformancenarrative.com. She offers one-on-one coaching. She also does some speaking engagements for athletic teams. So definitely you can hit her up, Lauren at highperformancenarrative.com and find out more about both of those offerings. And I guess lastly, for both of us, we offer speaking both in corporate and athletically. And we talk about mental health performance and leadership. So if you want to hit either of us up for that, you know, you got our emails, rob at highperformancenarrative.com or lauren at highperformancenarrative.com. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode, um, I mean, a few stats about suicide. So men um, in Canada, there's around 4,000 suicides per year, and roughly 75% of those are men. 
In the United States, there's around 40,000 suicides per year. And again, around 75% of those are men. And in, in heavy industry, I know some of you have followed me from my heavy industry journey. And heavy industry dominates suicide for men. Mining, oil and gas, construction, fishing, agriculture, these type of industries where it's macho men in, in quote-unquote macho jobs, they lead suicide, you know, it's two to three times the national average. So men's suicide is a massive issue. And so it's, it's a pleasure for Akash to join us to have this conversation. But definitely for people out there, and, and obviously, like definitely if you are feeling um, any suicidal ideation, absolutely call your local suicide prevention lifeline. There's there's one in Canada, the Crisis Service Canada. There's one in the United States. There's one all across the world. Definitely reach out there. I've called it before and it's been vastly helpful for me. Or also reach out to a therapist. They This is what they do for a living. They are the ones who can help you. So definitely connect with them uh, and get the support that you need. You deserve it. I I really appreciate you listening to this, and I really appreciate you joining us on our mission to, to spread the word about mental health and really start helping people get the help that they deserve. And here's the interview with Akash Asif. We are live. Welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and as always, we have our in-house high-performance coach, Lauren Williams. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. And I guess, you know, for my, my mental health update, so I went to a clinic this morning and I met with a psychiatrist, and I actually learned something really interesting. Well, first off, I took a genetic test this morning that they're going to send away to a lab and once I get it back, they'll be able to tell me what medications should and shouldn't work for me. So that will be a nice change. And when the guy broached the topic, I was like, I want it now and I want to move it in the door now. Um, but the other thing he mentioned to me was that dopamine and serotonin work as a seesaw. And mm. so the negative reactions that I've gotten on the serotonin or like with the SSRIs, basically his, his hypothesis is that maybe I was misdiagnosed um, and I may have ADHD, which would explain why I have negative reactions to those medications. So anyways, we're going to do further testing on that road. But I think it's interesting to start there, which is like... Th- when you see, like, I've, I, he would be the third psychiatrist that I've seen. And mm-hmm. I think each one of them has diagnosed me separately and differently. So it's a, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. But, like, here's to more learning. And at least you're going down a new path and hopefully figuring out something new. Yep. So, so that's what we're all about here. And we have a special guest from the Buddy Up campaign. We have Akash Asif. Akash, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Well, no, we're excited to have you on. And and maybe, you know, before we get into the nuts and bolts of Buddy Up and talking about suicide in men, can we hear, like, you obviously have a, a story that made you work on this campaign. Like, can you tell us that story? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Buddy Up is focused on uh, men and suicide prevention. Um, when it comes down to suicide, I know that many of us uh, have been impacted by suicide at some point in our lives, if not almost all of us. Um, and I certainly have a personal story. So I mean, a few years ago, I, um, I used to have weekly standing meetings with a colleague of mine. And the way these meetings were structured was uh, they were happening over Skype. That's when uh, that's when virtual meetings were not uh, super popular. But uh, um, this colleague was from a different office, so uh, these meetings would happen over Skype from about eleven till twelve. And then we go off on our own for lunch uh, um, from twelve to one, and then get back and reconvene for a larger group meeting at one p.m. And this happened for a few years. Things were fine. There were update touch point meetings. But I still remember the day when um, I had my meeting with my colleague at 11, finished around 12, and then went for lunch. But when I got back, my colleague wasn't there. During that time, he had gone and killed himself. That was an incident that really, um, that really made a major impact in my life and uh, took me back. I remember being angry. I remember being uh, just, I just didn't know how to react. I didn't know what I could have done to help. Um, so I started talking to a lot of my friends and many of my friends were, were guys. And so I started reaching out to many of them and just having coffees and drinks. And over, over these drinks, it would often come up, uh, mental health would come up. And I would realize very quickly how many of my buddies um, were struggling with their mental health and having thoughts of suicide. And to me, that was eye-opening. Like I, I had never imagined that could happen um and, and how prevalent that was so i joined uh, i tried to make a transition so i joined uh, the center for suicide prevention about two years ago and when i joined one of my main priorities my major priorities was to work on a campaign that was focused on men but then something that also resonates with guys as well so something that uh, um, is accessible and uh, when a guy looks at it they they think yes this is for me that's a little bit about my story and why I'm passionate about the work that I do. Yeah. It, That's awesome. It, yeah. yeah. It's incredible. And it's something that, you know, my mom always used to, used to ask me, like I would go drinking with my friends um, in the summertime and, and I would, she, I would come back and she would go like, Oh, how are your friends doing? And I would be like, fine. And she's like, what would you do? Like, what are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> and, and I think that's that's a super common experience because like my sister would have the inverse thing. Like she would have all the details, everything's going on, how they're feeling, what they're doing, all this other stuff. And I think it's very common for men where we don't really talk about like in-depth things with each other. And I like, what do you see out there? Like what, what are people like, what, what like, what are some of the things that you're suggesting that we do as men to, to kind of open up space for mental health? Yeah, I, I would say um, for men, I think the most important piece is uh, really embracing empathy. And, and what I mean by that is understanding that people have different opinions, different perspectives, and they're coming from different spots, right? So oftentimes, I mean, we know that men generally as a population die by suicide three times more often than women. So it, it's an issue and it's middle-aged men that are dying at the highest amount of numbers here. And so when it comes down to some of the reasons for, for what we're seeing is um, oftentimes it's 
it's the fact that growing up, a lot of us guys are told that uh, emotions are not great. You know, don't show emotions, don't show your feelings. And uh, to, if you express it, it goes against and it diminishes your manlyhood. So whether that's, I mean, I've heard it all throughout uh, my life. Uh, I've heard grow some balls, don't be a wuss, man up. We've all heard these uh, comments growing up. So it's, it's not really on us to, to show our emotions. And so what that does is it creates, creates this um, situation where men are less likely to ask for help. And when they're less likely to ask for help, that's when you see detriments such as suicides happen in that case. So going back to your question, I would say show empathy and really understand that, um, yeah, someone might be, uh, be physically looking okay. They might physically seem all right. But what's happening behind the scenes there? And then when they tell you or when when you are starting to notice these changes, put yourself in those shoes and try to understand what they're going for, going and, and dealing with and, and be able to do something about it. I love that. And, and Lauren, something I'd like to dig in with you is like a lot of what we're told, I think, in, in the coaching process and in therapy is like show empathy and compassion for others, but also for yourself. Like, how do you coach people to get to those feelings for themselves? Well, I think the first step is to notice them. And then the second really crucial step is to not judge them. I think um, especially men in our society are taught to recognize motion, emotion as um, a weakness, right? As something that can take you off track, as something that can hurt your ability to do something. But my main point in coaching is that emotions are just a way of learning something about what's going on mentally for you. Um, It's a piece of information that you can either use to help you or, you know, you can push it down and push it down until it really comes back up to the surface. And that's when you're going to, you know... (laughs) deal with a lot of those issues that we're seeing in men when it, when it just comes to the surface. Um, and it's like what uh, Julie said in one of our first episodes, like you can either deal with it and understand what it's trying to tell you, or you can, you know, treat it like a, a piece of raw meat that fell on your kitchen floor, swipe it under the rug and uh, see how bad it starts to smell a couple days later. Right. Like we try to hide ourselves from these things because like men and and I think you see this in high performers in general is that we're told that emotions are not good things but in my opinion it's just a form of emo- of information that we need to learn how to look at understand and then take that information and move forward from it yeah and it, it's exactly what Akka said right it's like if we're children and we're starting to play sports or we're or our parents say, hey, don't cry, it forms that belief in our mind that crying is bad or that emotions are bad. And Mm -hmm. like I sit in therapy now and my therapist, I think she said this to me last week, really. She said, did anyone ever tell you that crying is bad? And I was like, I don't think so, but I'm sure (laughs) that I'm sure that I had that reaction at some point, or at least Mm -hmm. I perceived that reaction to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like this, this long stemmed belief system that we have that I'm like showing emotion is a horrible thing. And it's just not, it's human. We are emotional beings. We have emotions for a reason. And 
a lot of us have to do this unlearning process of saying like, okay, well, I kind of got this idea in my head and it's not helping me right now. So I need to figure out what actually does help me move through the world. And for a lot of people, it's starting to understand their emotions. Yeah, I love that. And, and Akesh, maybe like I got an email from from you guys this morning about the challenge that you're doing with Buddy Up. And, you know, it was really talking about things that you can do with your friends that are also men. And it was like, go to the gym or have drinks or, or do an activity. And I think like that's another element that especially like if you look at the statistics for suicide in men, a lot of them are in remote towns or they're isolated. They're not, they don't have partners. And so they're very isolated in terms of connection. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what, what you see in terms of building connection and like maybe give some people something that they could do to, to connect with a friend? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when we start thinking about connections and, and just suicide and just mental health in general, um, it's it's incredibly difficult to seek out help and ask for it when you are dealing with with with, with struggles, right? And you're struggling, and so that's kind of the premise of of this campaign, buddy up, is help offering behavior, right? So it's really focused on if one in twenty individuals is having thoughts of suicide what are the other 19 doing around them, right? So it's about those 19 individuals, like we've talked about earlier today, is um, paying attention, paying attention to changes in behavior and then starting those conversations. I think the other piece is when it comes out of connections is reach out to people and, 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 and have those conversations. You don't have to go and send a text to a buddy you haven't talked to in six years and say, hey, are you thinking of suicide? Like, that's probably not how I would, <laughs> I would start a conversation. But go onto your phones. Like, look at who is on your contact list. And, I mean, I try to do that myself at least once a year and see. See who's on your list and say, hey, I haven't talked to so-and-so. Send them a quick text. See how they're doing. And, and keep that connection going because – when you build that rapport, and if you have that rapport with someone, it's a lot easier to both seek out help as well as to offer help compared to someone you haven't talked to in a while. So that's kind of really an important part of what we're trying to do with Buddy Up is driving that sense of connection within the community and, and making sure that uh, people are looking out for each other and people are staying connected with each other. I love that because social connection is such a, a huge part of uh, promoting mental wellness in general. Right? We talk about how we're emotional beings, we're also social beings, and having that connection is such a vital piece to the puzzle. Um, but especially this year, we're learning about how much isolation is doing to people in general, right? We're working not from offices anymore, but we're working from homes and and we're on our own, we're separated from our coworkers. And even if we didn't have the best relationship with some of our coworkers before, we're saying now, dang, I miss them, right? Because you just miss the idea of, of being around other people. And it's so easy to go the route of, you know, well, I'm here, I'm doing my own thing, I don't need to go elsewhere. But keeping in mind that, you know, you're not doing it just to do it. You're doing it for yourself and for your own mental health is is huge. And I think this year has shown us a lot in terms of what social connection can do or what the lack of it can also do. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is wild, right? Like, 
I, I know I've said this on the show before, but it was like my therapist said to me, she's like, who do you see in person now? And I was like, my partner and you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and and I kind of chuckled and she actually said, turned to me and she's like, well, you know, you're you're like most of the people that come into this office. Like most of the people who come in here, they're either alone and they don't have a partner or they're seeing like basically their partner and her. And And I think like, it's, it's something you don't really realize. And it's something that I've started to realize the impact on myself is just like, I can't go to the gym. I don't go to the office and see my colleagues. I don't go to the pool. I don't play polo anymore. Like a lot of the things that I used to give myself joy or to give myself distraction or even I'm sure like the dopamine that I'm missing, um, a lot of those things just because of COVID, they've sort of gone away and it's left a void. Yeah, Cash, I'm interested. Have you really seen a lot of change in terms of uh, men's mental health in this past year? I think uh, I think absolutely, like we talked about, uh, connection is important. I think a lot of us, I mean, myself including, are, are missing that. Um, we do know that uh, people are struggling with mental health. I mean, when it comes down to uh, um, not necessarily men's, but just overall, uh, I know that uh, distress centers across across the country here are, are getting a significant amount of phone calls um, when it comes down to um, individuals talk, wanting to talk about their mental health. But I think it's also important to know that uh, although that's uh, that's alarming with the amount of people who are calling. At the same time, it's a bit of a glass half full because it's good to also know that people are reaching out, right? So when you're seeing capacities increase by 100 or 200 percent of what calls were maybe two years ago, um, it's it's good to know that people are starting to reach out and hopefully some of the supports that we're all trying to provide here with uh, with Lou and I and so on um, are are working in that sense too. So I would absolutely say, I mean, even anecdotally, like myself, my friends, like we. We've been out for some Zoom calls where we've just, you can tell there's a few of us struggling because we haven't been able to go out for those wings. We haven't been able to go out and, uh, and really connect with each other. So I would 100% say it's, it's, it's made a major impact. I love that. And, and maybe for people, like, if they want to participate in the Buddy Up campaign, like, can you tell them, first off, where can they find it? But also, like, what are some of the activities that you're going to have coming down the pipeline with it? Yeah, absolutely. So just uh, maybe I'll just uh, chat a little bit about what the campaign here is. I mean, really, Buddy Up has two outputs, right? So the first output is uh, if you go onto our website, buddyup.ca, you'll see that there's various characters that are that are on the website there, right? So you have someone who's a construction worker, a business professional, a senior, and a young person. What we're trying to show with those characters is they all have each other own stories, but well, you'll recognize very quickly that none of them necessarily look like they're down in the dumps with their heads in their hands. And what we're showing with that is that that is not how typically men react and deal with mental health issues, right? It's these other stories or warning signs or indications that's important to recognize. So that's the first output. So really, really trying to bring out that resonation piece, that accessibility piece, going back to my personal story, creating something for men that actually makes sense to them. 
And then the second piece of the Buddy Up campaign is a guide, right? It's a four-step guide on how to have a conversation with a buddy you're stu- uh, buddy you may be struggling. So pay attention, start a conversation, keep that conversation going, and stick to your role. I mean, we're not counselors, so we got to be friends. And just, uh, I always like to share this, is going back to four men by men, we started with six steps for this guide. And a lot of guys on our team told us, a lot of volunteer guys, that if they're sitting in a bar, they're not going to read six steps. So cut it down. <laughs> so so we cut it down. So really trying to bring that message together. So those are the outputs. Uh, June 2021, which is in four days or three days or pretty pretty soon from now, is, uh, is going to be um, Buddy Up Mike. So during this month, our uh, 300 plus champions uh, will help raise awareness across Canada. So you can raise awareness by posting on social media, having authentic conversations, as well as ordering print materials. So you sign up, you sign up from your individual self or with your group to become a champion. And you can order print materials in the form of either posters, stickers, and car air fresheners. So car air fresheners, why? Because guys say, I want to have a conversation in an intimate setting and I don't want to make eye contact. So why don't you put up, <laughs> exactly, why don't you put up car air fresheners in your vehicle, your buddy gets in, they ask you what it's about and it creates that safe space, creates that openness, right? They tell you about it. They ask you about it. Same thing with stickers, hard hats, laptops, water bottles. So those are print materials. And then there's a challenge as well there. So what you mentioned there, um, what it is, is it's a list, a card of 20 activities. And uh, the more you complete throughout the month of June, um, the chance increases for you to win a bigger prize kind of thing. So there's some really cool prizes. And some of the activities on this challenge are are low barrier, right? So these are uh, have been all been tested by focus groups. And there are activities such as um, send a text to a buddy, read something, read an article or a joke and send that to a buddy, exercise with a buddy, do a DIY project with a buddy. So all of these are low barrier activities that you can do um, both virtually and in person. And it, what it does, is it starts to engage guys, right? So yeah, it's great to have social media posts and start to raise awareness. But how do we actually take action? How do we engage with each other? So that's what the June at June 2021 campaign is all about. That's unreal. I never would have thought about, you know, the intricacies behind some of those products you're talking about. When you think about guys don't want to make eye contact with people when they're talking about this. They want to almost feel like they're doing it um remotely or through a phone even right like i'm not looking at you i'm looking elsewhere but i feel more comfortable talking to you about this so i think that's amazing that you found a way to kind of meet them where they're at in that sense um that's so much that we learn about um in school is is you have to be able to meet the client where they're at or to meet your friend where they're at or to meet you know your partner where they're at um just to lend that level of empathy and that level of understanding uh, to begin with, that makes them feel like they're able to be vulnerable in the first place. Absolutely. That's that's a really good point there. And, and, and something I'll add to that as well is the subtle nature of the campaign as well with these products, right? So mm-hmm. we know a lot of our champions in some sectors specifically, um, for example, the construction sector. I don't think there's too many guys out on a field talking about their mental health and thoughts of suicide, right? So how do we make it easy? How do we get through the door and open the door there? So who doesn't want an air freshener for their vehicle? Who doesn't want a sticker for their hard hat, right? So these are easy to do 
um, low risk, low barrier activities that start to open the conversations. And what we're finding here is, I'll tell you right now, the air fresheners don't last, their scents do not last for six months. <laughs> but, but guys are keeping them around in their trucks. And a lot of these guys are going out and reaching out to their captains in these teams and these groups who've signed up and have told them how important this campaign is and how much they're appreciating it. So what it's really doing this campaign is it's really opening the door for men and all others to start talking about mental health and suicide. I love that. And I mean, obviously, I have to jump in when you, when you start talking heavy industry. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love that. And and it's it's wild, right? Like Australia has a suicide in the in the construction industry every two days like they're they're getting like 180 something per year um and even even in the united states like the industries that lead suicide in terms of the suicide rates are like mining construction oil and gas forestry agriculture like basically the remote work the quote-unquote macho work and it's like it's incredibly hard to have these conversations and like even even as part of my day job I shared my story internally as part of the the pipeline company I work for now. And it's like, it does, even though I do a podcast and we literally talk about this on the, on the air, um, it's still uncomfortable to do that in that environment. And, and I think it's, I don't know what it is, but it, it is something that we need to start like we need to start having the conversations and we need to open that door for those conversations to happen because otherwise like people are killing themselves like that's the that's just the facts yeah and that kind of goes back to where we talk about the leadership right because people aren't talking about it at work because they feel unsafe to do so and they feel unsafe to do so because they feel like if they talk about their mental health their performance is going to get judged and then they're going to get demoted or fired or whatever because, you know, well, I can't do my job now. So we need the leaders to step up and say, like, look, you can talk about your mental health. I acknowledge the fact that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to feel great every single day to show up and get your job done. But I want to make sure that you can do that and you can show up and do your job and also feel good about yourself and not struggle so much with the mental health side of things um and it's as simple as like what akash is saying like getting one of these air fresheners and putting it up in your car putting a sticker on your water bottle that stays on your office desk like for all the leaders out there you just have to know that you know the people who work for you don't come in the door and leave all their human problems and then pick them up at the end of the day when they leave it's just not how it works So understanding that there is a way that you can support them and also that like just because you're supporting them doesn't mean that you have to have all the answers. It really is as simple as starting the conversation and creating a space where that conversation can happen. Yeah. And for me, like it's it's funny, right? Like it comes back down to psychological safety, right? Like you create the space with vulnerability. You have they call it a container that really basically defines the contract of the vulnerability. Um, But then you need to create the environment where it's psychologically safe enough to share these things. And there's like a basically a judgment-free zone. And and I think like leaders or even anybody, to be honest, they need to develop these skills. And these skills are not 
widely taught. And that's part of like, I mean, what I've been learning with you, Lauren, and like what I'm learning in the psychological safety course I'm taking, like a lot of these skills are, they're still sort of fringe, I would say. Like they're not mainstream skills. Like we didn't, like there was no course at MIT that said like, hey, you can learn about vulnerability and psych safety. So I don't know, it's it's great to convers to like start the conversation and like really bring people in. But there's still a, a, like a ton of work for organizations to do from the leadership perspective to make that happen for their people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you when you start thinking about it, I mean, we spend the majority of our waking hours for a lot of us in the workplace, right? So it, it's the workplace that needs to be uh, uh, mindful and create a culture where where it, where it's okay to talk about how you how you're doing, right? And exactly with leadership, it's. Uh, We've had, like I said, this is a campaign by men. And I remember having our first initial conversations. And um, I always thought this would be true, but it was really interesting hearing how many guys wouldn't talk about their mental health because they're afraid that if they're competing with someone else for this next promotion, they're not going to get it. So I'm not going to talk to you about my mental health because I don't want to I don't want to lose my chance of getting that promotion. That's a like that's a common thing, right? Like I started talking about my depression on my last podcast that I did, which was like very maintenance focused, like heavy industry focused. And I literally got emails from Australia, South America, like USA, where they're saying you shouldn't talk about this in this forum because you won't get the next promotion. And I was like, well, first off, I don't know if anyone internally listens to the show. So like, that's another story. But then it was also like, I, I really felt like the conversation was too important to not have it. And so that's the other side of it is like at some point, and we talk about this and we teach this in the, in the like leadership program, but it's like, it's very much about like, what's your why? And like, your why is incredibly strong. Like, you know why you work at the Center for Suicide Prevention. And having that conversation and like being part of buddy up or or speaking about your mental health like you can literally save someone's life with that vulnerability mm-hmm. so i guess i guess akash like if anyone out there is struggling and they're kind of like i don't know what to do like do you have any tips for them Struggling with their own mental health or wanting to help others or that they want to they're struggling with their own mental health Yeah, I mean I would I would encourage them to, to reach out for help um, It's it's not easy to do like I know we've acknowledged that but uh, um, Talk to someone that you built rapport with right so I know it uh, it's scary and I know it's terrifying but if you have a friend or, or a close family member or someone else and to be honest with you, a lot of the times it's it's not necessarily even the closest people we talk to. Maybe it's your barber, maybe it's your hairstylist. Those are the individuals that you uh, you end up talking to a lot of the times. So I would highly encourage um, those individuals to reach out. Um, know that support is available, whether that's your um, local distress line, whether that's the crisis lines, or or or, or look for the proper resources, or, or look for resources out there, or get someone to look for resources for you. Call those lines. I would say though that. Uh, you're not alone. Like I mentioned uh, earlier, um, a lot of people are struggling. I would say I'm certainly struggling with the pandemic, especially. And uh, and we've talked about uh, a lot of a lot of crisis lines are seeing significant increases. So um, support is available, and you're not alone. 
Yeah, I love that. And, and like the other thing I'll mention just that I was talking to my therapist about, um, she mentioned to me was, and, and I saw it online, like there's people who are worried about the cost of going to therapy. And she mentioned that like she does pro bono work for some of her customers. And I think like that's another thing to just consider is like if if financial, like let's say you don't have coverage or whatever, if the financial aspect you feel is too much for you, definitely reach out anyways because some, I, I guess like she said, a lot of therapists do it. So, so definitely reach out anyways and kind of pursue that avenue because you may be able to get some help for like no cost. And I mean, if you can get that help, like absolutely take it. Yeah, absolutely. I know, I know there are some sliding skills and, and, and some that are offered through, through various uh, organizations and initiatives. So finance uh, is definitely a consideration that some, some of these resources are taking into consideration. Absolutely. And, and if people out there, they're, they're looking to find more about Buddy Up or the Center for Suicide Prevention, where can they find all that information? Yeah, I mean, uh, with, with Buddy Up, it's, uh, it's very simple. It's uh, buddyup.ca is the website. So I would, uh, I would encourage uh, um, the listeners as well as everybody else to um, sign up as champions uh, for the campaign. There's no cost associated with anything. If you want to bring in air freshener stickers, it's absolutely free. You just uh, send us your address and we'll send those over to you. Uh, when it comes up in the Center for Suicide Prevention, we are an education center. So uh, we have tons of resources uh, within uh, our website there. Uh, we actually have the largest library of suicide-related items in the world within our office here. So we have librarians. We, uh, we take in resources and we synthesize that into using new formats. Um, so you can find all of those resources available for free visiting uh, www.suicideinfo.ca. So that's the Center for Suicide Prevention's website. Awesome. And, and Lauren, is there anything you want to leave us with today? Just that even some of the simplest actions can make the world of difference to somebody. So if you're thinking about reaching out to somebody but are like, oh, well, I haven't talked to them in a while or maybe maybe this is going to be weird, just do it. Right, because sometimes reaching out to somebody can make their day that much better. Um, I mean, it can make their day. Period. But um, you can, you know, respark that connection that you had with them if it's kind of fizzled out in the last while. And the next thing that I would say is, don't judge yourself for the maybe the loss of social connection. I think we, like we've said a bunch of times in this podcast, it's it's happening to everybody. Everyone's feeling it a little bit. Or a lot. Um, and not to judge yourself for that, but to recognize that there are things that you can do um, and just start taking those small steps. Yeah, I love that. And I guess I guess for us, so if you want to follow us, subscribe to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative on your favorite podcast platform and hit, hit the like button, hit the five-star button and, and leave us a review. That'd be amazing. And if you want to, to open up those leadership conversations about mental health at your workplace or just take your leadership game to the next level, Lauren and I are launching, well, we've launched it already, but we're, we're hosting and coaching in the Leadership Launchpad Project online leadership training program. So if you want to hear more about that, I mean, first off, we'll be, it'll be kicking off the week of June 14th. So if you want to sign up for it signups close june 11th so get in it right now 
And to get in there, go to highperformancenarrative.com slash leadership and sign up there. Um, for me, I, I love what you said, Lauren. It's like, especially now that everyone's comfortable with Zoom, um, I've found that I can connect with my friends who are not in Edmonton so much easier. And I think that that's the biggest thing is like, get on a video chat. Like I've been having video chats with guys in Europe, people in California, people in Boston. Like you can get in and make connection with people who aren't in your city. And like when things open back up, that's when you can go out to the bar again and have wings. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely make that happen. Akash, I want to say thanks for joining us today. And and I got my buddy up sticker. So uh, yeah, I love it. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Lauren, thank you as always. And everyone listening, we'll see you all next week.